0: G'day, everyone. You have selected Wind Against Time. Wind Against Time. Wind (laughs) Wind Against Tide. Goodness, Uh, Dave. Our own show. Wind Against Tide as your uh, easy listening station for today. (laughs) And uh, we are coming at you after a massive week in our world where you ticked off a big achievement.
1: Let's not muck around here, Dave. Let's get straight to it. Straight into it. It may not be significant to others, but this is very significant for us.
0: No. Um, you've got to be someone who lives in our locality to understand the significance of this capture. Um, people who have been following the show know we really, really enjoy our tuna fishing, um, specifically, and most of all, the really big ones. Now you got to remember where we live is basically, well, it's pretty close to being <laughs> mud ce- pond. It's pretty bas- pretty close to being centrally in Bass Strait. Um, so traditionally, um, when we were younger, it was like, you couldn't even dream of tuna swimming through. And then all of a sudden there was, um, school fish coming through, um, school bluefin, which was, um, quite a big deal. And these days, and actually probably for the last four or five years, there's been captures of, um, what we call the barrels, which is the- The real big dogs. Yeah, like we've discussed what a barrel is.
1: It's something, you know, I guess, what did we say, over 80 kilos?
0: Yeah, something like that. I mean, we've just come up with some (laughs) random measurement. Um, Okay,
1: jumbies. Jumbie-sized tuna.
0: Yes. So this is our our little pet project is we just randomly drive out into uh, Bass Strait because um, it's close to home and it's something that we can do quite easily, but we do it um, just on a whim, go out there and um, search around and try and find some of these bigger fish. Now, um, <laughs> I've sort of worked it out. We've, I think we've hooked or caught probably four now locally. Hooked, yes, hooked four. Yep, over probably a five-year period and longer. I think
1: the first one we ever hooked out there was 2016, wasn't it? Um
0: yeah yeah, maybe it was, yeah, so it's coming up to wow, time years, flies, yeah, time really flies.
1: it really does when you're having fun, yeah, which is it, it isn't a lot of fun when you're out there not seeing a lot and not catching anything day after day, week
0: after week. that's right. um, I reckon that we've probably averaged about I don't know twenty thirty trips per hookup of a big one, yeah,
1: something something ridiculous like that, yeah,
0: so. Anyway, a lot of time and obviously,
1: these days, a lot of money and fuel getting invested. <laughs> oh, especially these days
0: when I guess
1: it's, you know, over the $2 mark, so. Yeah.
0: I mean, the the renegade is not too bad. But <laughs> no. when you're filling the Edencraft up um, and doing big days offshore and you're doing a lot of Ks because you're searching. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. Let's just say the last couple of times I've filled it up, it's been $300 plus. <laughs>
1: Um, Which isn't too bad because you're not covering a, too much ground. Um,
0: well, it is pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm am so, saying considering it's an know, efficient boat. Yeah. That's just how much we've been using well, because it's the you, price of gasoline. I guess what we really need is just a helicopter. <laughs> yes, just
1: find us the tuna Find face. us where they are. That would be a cheap option, wouldn't it? Just well, oh, I think it, there was a you know a syndicate that used to hire helicopters in uh, local. Little Cessna planes flying over the Great Ocean Road area and used to spot
0: tuna for them. Yeah. Did you hear of that? I have heard of that. <laughs> um, guys hiring helicopters, which is smart. Um, I suppose if you split it up between a few people, it probably works out pretty well, but we digress. Anyway, uh, just trying to set the scene as to um, how meaningful that capture is to us. So, yeah, we went out um, last Friday and um, there had actually been few whispers as discussed on last podcast so we had an unusual amount of uh i wouldn't say confidence we still didn't <laughs> think we'd catch one but there was more motivation than usual
1: to yes. head out
0: and um as it worked out uh my brother tom was actually able to come along and he hasn't done many days out there and he's actually been involved in two hookups so maybe he's a good he's a lucky charm adrian oh yeah, he actually <laughs> is that was actually um,
1: reminding him the last time us three fished together out there, we lost a, what was it, a big um, mako shark. And before that, it was a yeah. big bluefin tuna Another that we lost. Another big bluefin, yeah. Um, so it was only which time, we've many times. Yeah, it was only time <laughs> that we landed a good fish together because we lost two good fish in two trips that
0: we'd done together. That's right. So um, Third time lucky. That is right. So, yeah, quite surreal to um, launch out of our local... Boat ramp and Tom even like had to drop his kids at daycare, and we were organising stuff in the morning, so we didn't even launch till eight. No, and he got there late and we're just kind of sitting there like, uh, "Is he coming?" <laughs> yeah, um, we were yeah, sort of fueling up the boat, and Tom came through. But anyway, we we um, we headed out there at the crack of eight and um, sort of uh, headed way out offshore to a little area I'd sort of. Um, Notice was looking all right when I went out in the rough last week, so I suppose going out in the rough and getting pounded to death kind of helped. Um, <laughs> I think and, I spoke about that on the last podcast. How you pummeled yourself? Yeah, we did. And we then
1: did. two days after that, that's when we, you know, we yeah. ended up being
0: in, well covered in glory. <laughs> well, yeah, I kind of went straight back to that zone where I'd found the the best action, and um, it yeah it looked quite good. So we had. Um, a lot of dolphins and some seals and gannets and and um, oversized seagulls flapping about. We did. Um, <laughs> Pacific gulls, you might call them, Adrian. Uh, a lot of krill in the water. Well, there's also albies as
1: well. Albie mangles. I think I actually caught one, which is a first. Yeah.
0: It's delicious. Not, it's, <laughs> it's not recommended. Penguins. Oh. Quite lively, really. Um, so, yeah, it looked quite good, but, you know, you get that out there a lot and there's just not the numbers of fish there to be catching them. But we definitely um, did see on our depth sander a couple of likely looking marks. We did. Um, and then something really big happened. What happened? We broke out the breakfast burritos. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, talk about boat cooking. Tom made us, Tom pre-made some nice breakfast burritos. yeah. I can't remember what exactly was in it, but it was a mixture of like it was like sausage, egg, chili. (laughs) Yes, um, I don't know what else. Tom juice, (laughs) some kind of condiment.
1: Um, I hope it wasn't Tom's juice out of his own body.
0: (laughs) No, but it was delicious. So if it is Tom's own juice, (laughs) I'll have some more. (laughs) Yeah, so um, we put them in the uh, pie oven. Yeah. In the boat and warm them up and And um, I
1: noticed you got quite frustrated with him like, Tom, are they
0: ready yet? Well (laughs) Yeah. I think it was about ten thirty when we cracked them open. Maybe even later. And um yeah, not long after I was digesting that still and um we were sort of going through a Now,
1: There was a bit of a problem. There was three people on board (laughs) and (laughs) there were only and there was four burritos, so can't really divide four <laughs> between three, can no,
0: you? No, so obviously an alpha had to stand out from the pack, an alpha dog. <laughs> so and me,
1: me and Tom know the men etiquette. You never grab the last
0: one. You just brush it off. No, well, so I did do the token, are you guys sure, right? <laughs> Before I thought, you know what, I'm just going to be dominant. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to smash that thing. And as soon as you put that in your mouth, we go,
1: oh, what a
0: pig of a man. Exactly. Took the last one. You know what? I regretted that a few minutes later as uh, <laughs> we went through a patch of dolphins and a little bit of a workup and rod buckles over and um, not that rod. Oh, you've gone too early. The <laughs> so rod buckles over and um, springs back up. I'm like, oh, it oh does. God, that was an actual bite. What the hell? And as we were discussing how unlucky we were that it didn't hook up, you can now play that video. <laughs> yes. The yeah. other rod takes we're off. We're on. We're on. Now. Yeah. Oop, it's playing again. It is a real sound for sore ears. Yes. That line crackling off that Tiagra. Oh, and, um,
1: it was actually like, and I was pinching myself. Like, is this actually happening? I know. Because I saw the first one buckle over a couple of times and, yeah, I think it peeled like three miller line off. It just went. D- yeah, and then it <laughs> but we both just, saw it. Yeah, and then I'm just like, we were just on. Yeah. And then I was sitting right next to this rod. I'm like, we're on. <laughs> so we basically had a double.
0: Yeah. Um, I just didn't listen for ages because Adrian tricked me the other day. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> fool me twice, shame on you. So we nearly got spooled. no. <laughs> no. Well, it did take um, there was a no lot of line. No mistaking that one. It was a bloody screamer too. Dumped so much line. Um, and yeah, so just surreal. Awesome, awesome to get that uh, hook up. And Tom was <laughs> put right to the test. He hasn't really... I mean, he's caught a couple of marlin, but um, nothing with the staying power of a of a big bluefin like that. And um, this thing, I thought when it took a big first run, we'd get it pretty quick, but it, it, it uh, actually... Was still very stubborn, and um, two hours later, um, we got our shot. But Tom's, in the meantime, Tom's hand had sort of um, removed a layer of skin from itself from holding the handle.
1: <laughs> he gave he goes to me t- twenty minutes in the fight. Um, yeah, my hand's hurting. Yeah, ah, the old Tiagra blister, eh? And then yeah. an hour later he showed me his hand. I'm like, Jesus, do you have any handlet? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I Mike, should have taken a photo of it. Like, you have real pathetic wimp hands, don't you? He goes, <laughs> I wear gloves at work. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get some calluses, mate. Um, so yeah, he earned that fish. And um yeah, we we Tom decided he wants to keep his first big one, which is absolutely fair enough. Yeah. And um, yeah, I didn't even bring my big Killing gaff because I thought no. we'd just be releasing, but then got talked into killing.
1: You know because you were on the wheel, I was thinking, oh no, I'm the gaff man. Yeah. The last I'm the last line of, you know, landing this fish. So it. it put a bit of pressure on me. And, and you, I was just thinking, Oh, geez. <laughs>
0: I gotta say, you came through with flying colours. Yeah. This thing tried to do an an evil underboat maneuver right at the last second. <laughs> And you you swung for glory. Yeah, I just I'm like, oh my goodness, he's gone under
1: the boat, and I just done a hail mary and yeah. just went whack and pinned him. And you're like, oh, what's going on? I'm like, I think I've got him, and I'm just pulling him out from under the boat. Right. I'm like, yeah, I've got him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so um, I was already getting ready to try and reverse back off, and you're like, no, I've actually got it. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so um, yeah, we uh, it was a it was a nice fish. Yeah, um, I don't know if you were going to show that of us hauling it in the boat this one and um there she is that's over 100 that is over 100
1: that's like 115 holy shit
0: and that sir was a great call yeah it was basically just over 115 wasn't it yeah i think yeah it was around about 115 we actually because we actually weighed it with the guts separate in a bucket so I can't remember what it. I think, I think it worked out at one one fifteen point seven or something like that. I think
1: the fish weighed one oh three point nine or something. One oh three
0: point seven, I thought. And the guts were like eleven point nine or something. Yes, because the guts. Yes, um, this was interesting. Look away! This squeamish. But we'll, did you um, send me the guts? Yeah, I did send you a video. Okay. Of me dissecting the stomach because I thought when I pulled it out of the fish, I thought, "Geez, this thing is chockers." And um, it was uh, as full as I've ever seen one and had very interesting contents. If Adrian can find this video, that would be ideal.
1: I actually can't find where you sent it to me. Oh, really? I found your other videos.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Well...
1: Oh, hang on. No, he did send it to me.
0: I yeah, lied. I this knew a it. bad computer person. I was going to say, we are going to edit this up as a video and you'll probably be able to see it there. But yeah, look away, if be squeamish. This is a pretty interesting look at the stomach contents. Look at this, full of Nautilus, and that's a big arrow squid, use that as a sword bait still. Yeah, what is this know. fish, Dave? I don't know, I think it might be a Barracuda. It
1: looks too wide though. I
0: what is that? Pretty is long.
1: Yeah, true.
0: Oh yeah. Now you might be right. don't know what that is, maybe a Cuda. But the Nautilus is um, mm. very interesting. It really is. Um, so those nautilus squid, oh, for people that are listening, amazing. are literally like a shell with like a squid in it.
1: It's it's uh, in the family of the cephal- cephalopods. So yeah. yeah, I've heard of you can eat them if they're in the family of cephalopods. Well, tuna obviously like them. They're probably real easy to catch. I think the common name for them down southwest is called a stuck hat.
0: Is it? Yeah, I thought they would just call it a paper nautilus. Yeah, that's the actual name, yeah okay. Nautilus. So, yeah, had those in it and big arrow squid. Um,
1: so yeah, they look quite impressive. So, you could almost um, tow some <laughs>
0: lot, oh, well, dead arrow squids around. Do you think that's why that tuna was particularly delicious? Because we ate it, it's nearly all gone. Yeah. And it I've was got a, one of the better eating
1: ones. I've got a loin left in my fridge that we're going to make some sushi with uh, probably Thursday or Friday. Awesome. Yeah, so seven days it's been uh, draining in my fridge, and that's it's, all right. Dry yeah. aging, yeah,
0: yeah. You can dry age
1: them. Well, last last barrel I kept the one from Tassie. I had that in my fridge for seven days, and it was immaculate after that seven days, and it was just pristine, ripe
0: for the eating. Yeah. Well, it's um, yeah, it's it's usually the liquid and slime and stuff that makes them go off. So you can if you keep them dry, you can. Well, there is people that dry age fish for like months at a time. Yeah. So, um, absolutely no issue doing that, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, very interesting stomach contents and um, a landmark day for us, Adrian.
1: Yes, it really was. Um, yeah, even though you've already been involved in one over the years. Um, yeah. Was that two two or so years ago? Yeah, a couple of years ago. We, yeah. We landed a, another one. But Yeah, because I was like, oh, no, I lost my only shot in years. <laughs> um, about... Was it three weeks ago? Yeah. But I lost that one, um, yeah, on a snap rod again. But anyway, um, I was like, oh, no, my only bite. And then got lucky enough to be involved with another one.
0: Yeah, um, I know. That's um, quite a small interval between bites, unusual. <laughs> yes, very so unusual. So next one will probably be in like 80 trips now. Yeah. Um, well, you
1: know, uh, the tuna fishing's becoming, you know, quite a common occurrence at a western port. So, and even inside,
0: they've been swatted. Yeah, true. So um, in
1: both en- entrances. So, you never know what the fishery is going to bring in the future.
0: And it's actually early in the year. So, um, I think the one that you lost that time was in August. Yes, correct. And yeah. I've definitely seen them there in um, court there into November. So, yeah. Um, yeah, plenty more trips. But we're thinking Shark Horror might actually try and catch something else at some stage. <laughs> so I think <laughs> we're planning some maybe like cod trips or.
1: Yeah. Bit of a change of pace. Yeah, look, I'm I'm into trying the journey to a metery cod. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> we just
0: forget about tag at one hundred and just go journey to a meter e cod?
1: Or, uh, no. or well, the race time on that? That could just go bang, bang, bang. Like I could just go, oh, I'm bored this weekend, I'm gonna go to Southwest and Well, do we want to talk about today, Adrian? Oh,
0: today. What happened today, Dave? <laughs> well, we, we we ducked out today. Yeah. And Did a quick check of the big tuna locations and look, it didn't look too bad, but um, we kind of got a bit distracted because there was heaps of tuna um, back in a little bit closer and you'd think hundreds of hundreds of tuna jumping, we would have whacked a few more tags in, but we did not.
1: Well, that's, you know what, when when you see the tuna behaving like this, it is really frustrating. You'd... Almost rather not see him at all. Yeah. Because they're so fixated on, you know, one small school of bait and they were so fickle, especially with um, a boat heading towards them. Yeah, that's right.
0: I actually just- sent you a little video here of them busting up and you losing one. Oh, you did, did lose you? a couple on poppers. Sent me another video. I know. I'm sorry. I know this is a lot for you to handle. <laughs> um, I'm. I'm not sure. How I should have you're pre-checked go. the videos that you sent me, so I knew what you. <laughs> I were know. Me. <laughs> I, I send you all this content through, and you're not even organised. Yeah, here you go. Oh yeah, you can see I'm busting up pretty hard there, which they were doing in just small little patches, and then they'd disappear again for a while. So. Pretty cool.
1: Yeah, no, that's actually great footage there, Dave.
0: It is. Nice little workup. You
1: did well not to grab a rod and cast because I actually hooked up, as you heard in that early.
0: Yeah. By that stage, though, I just figured that I probably wasn't going to hook up, so I may as well (laughs) film them with the the camera, get some content. When they're like that, you
1: basically have to chuck it right at their head to get the bite. You do. Yeah, you can't cast a millimetre
0: to the side of it. That's right. They're not going to want it. Yeah. And you only get a couple of shots before they move on, but um, yeah, that uh, wraps up our local tunering. Yeah, it um, does. Now our good friend Jonah, I wanted oh, to talk yes. about this. He is absolutely rotting the system, don't you think?
1: Yeah. So, do you want to tell us what he's actually doing in uh, Queensland right now? Well,
0: he's on a. He's been invited. Work, oh, throw to me. Yeah. Work trip. <laughs> <laughs> um so they're at the Wits Sundays and I believe they are researching shark interactions with fish being well, caught by fishermen. I'm Well they had a name for it. Yeah. Um some sort of fish deprecation maybe. I don't know. But virtually he's just fishing. And then seeing how many fish get eaten by sharks on the way up, I think is what's going on.
1: So Shark depreditation research. That's the uh, terminology
0: he's used. Depreditation?
1: Yeah, that's what I'm reading. Really? Or depreditation. I don't know. You try. You you see what it says.
0: Depredation. Oh, there you go. I knew you were saying it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I've said it wrong. Um, But yeah, you can see there a nice photo of him with a... Big Spanish mackerel, which I believe is an actual location we fished when we were there a couple of years ago, Adrian.
1: Yeah, Double Rock, I think it was. We hooked a
0: couple of big mackerel. Which is um, famous for the big Spanish mackerel
1: and also the mega sharks. Yes,
0: we also hooked a couple of big bull sharks and had one eat our Spanish mackerel. We did. Which was a bit upsetting when we'd spent like... A week trying to catch them, and the end two we caught got eaten by sharks.
1: So, you, you're saying this is a, a rort to the system because you're getting paid to catch fish to get eaten by another
0: fish? Wow. Well, <laughs> in simple terms, he's just there for sports fishing. He's on a charter boat and everything. Yeah. Like a nice, beautiful, big, comfy game boat. I think they've got like two of them. And um, I think they're just out there fishing all the all the likely spots and seeing how many fish get attacked by sharks on the way up. Have we heard any sharks? Uh, no, we haven't had a full report from him, Okay, but um, as you know, it is a bit of an issue up that way. Um, the sharks have sort of, uh, they've clued on, and in, in certain areas that receive a bit of fishing pressure, they um, they know that um, fish on the end of the line are an easy meal, so I think probably, yeah, northern parts of Australia and um, over in the west as well, and I think even... Like you, you see in South Australia now a lot of bronze whales attacking people, tuna yeah. and
1: stuff. So you do, it, and we had that here as well, um, yeah, bronzies and
0: makos, and, and even great whites. Yes. So it's more. A bit what, of makes, a, what makes them great, Dave? Well, uh, <laughs> I've seen some average whites, um, but there's definitely some great ones as well. <laughs> okay, I've definitely only seen some every <laughs> uh, below average whites. Really? Yeah. Just the the real small one, impressive yeah. ones. Yeah. I'll say, I've definitely seen some great ones. Yes. I've seen some pretty, pretty average ones. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, it seems like it's becoming more of an issue. Um, I don't know if that's because there's more people out fishing and interacting with the fishery or if the sharks are, like you see the videos of those prawn trawlers and stuff up north and they've got hundreds of sharks yeah. following them, like Sharknado.
1: Did you see that, um, that guy showing off his hummingbird sounder where he goes, check this. He's in some river system in Queensland. And he's just like whacking the water with his rod. He goes, check my sounder. He's got side um, screen on mm. side scan, and then you just see like you know how it shows like actual like I guess shadows of Shadow, fish. Yeah, yeah. It's showing like these shadows of sharks just approaching his boat as he's
0: whacking the water. Crazy. You'd hate to fall in the water, wouldn't you? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, anywhere up there would be a little bit scary. But yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll try and get a full report from Jonah um, once he's once finished he's finished sports fishing. <laughs> oh, he'll probably have a go at us for this and say, yeah. "No, no, it's work, guys. Um, you can't be calling it fun. I'm here working." <laughs> Meanwhile, he's
1: posing with Spanish mackerels and in cobia and, and yeah,
0: probably sipping on he's, pina coladas. He,
1: he sent a video of it, uh, him going to the airport on a um, what was it a golf cart, enjoying life in a singlet yeah. and his sunny's on and. He's yeah. loving life. He's not working. Yeah, pretty much. I think it's a real rot. So, he's gone on holiday to go sport fishing.
0: Certainly seems that way. I reckon we'll, we'll have a chat to him um, whenever he's back, whenever like, it's probably a real long holiday uh, work trip, and um, get a bit of an update. But um, we'll keep an eye on that. Now, I
1: wanted to talk to you about sport fishing, Dave. Do you? Yes, because Columbia has banned fishing.
0: Oh, I did
1: read this. Yes. Good topic. Yes. Now, what are your thoughts on this? Because I'm going to read an article of what actually happened here. Yeah. So on May 2nd, the Supreme Court of Colombia ruled that recreational fishing was unconstitutional. As a result, Colombians expect a ban on recreational fishing to take effect within a year. Now, this decision um, comes after the court's 2019 ban on Recreational hunting. So what I believe has happened, the hunters have argued animal welfare on the fishermen.
0: Um, like a spite thing?
1: Yes, because the court um, held that recreational um, hunting was animal cruelty and a threat to the environment.
0: Wow. And I-
1: and they're saying it's, you know, the same thing as fishing.
0: So, Well... Yeah, it is a very tricky subject, isn't it? Because when you really get down to the crux of it, um, the best justification for us to continue fishing is that we're sustainably collecting food. Or science research. Science tagging.
1: (laughs) Um, Which brings us back to Target 100.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's a real tricky one. I can... I mean... Yeah, I don't think the choice should be taken away from anyone, whether they want to sports fish or not. But well, I think it's just catch and release fishing, which is a
1: which is a very big, um, I guess, uh, money stimulating for the economy. Like because I'm sure Colombia has a world class fishery offshore. Well, that's it in in the forest and everything. So that's the
0: biggest um, argument uh, argument for pro. Sports fishing is it generates millions upon millions of of money into economies around the world, and a lot of these really good uh, fishing destinations are quite um, poor countries or low economic yeah, low socioeconomic areas, and it's um, really propping up some of their economies. So
1: one hundred percent, because what the court argued is why they've placed a ban on it is because it violates the principles of environmental protection. And animal welfare, welfare, included in the Colombian Constitution. So,
0: yeah, um, and you can definitely see how um, anti-fishing people can successfully make that argument. Yeah. So, um, hopefully, that isn't something that eventuates well, who, in other countries. Who
1: knows? Because because they already place that law back in two thousand nineteen in the hunting. Yeah, that's what they've argued, which is uh, Article seventy nine. And that uh, stands for protected diversity and integrity of the environment.
0: Yeah. Well, I think there already has been a couple of sneaky bills um, being attempted to sneak through, even in Australia. Oh. So, um, yeah, it's um, going to be interesting times with that sort of thing. And, um, well, apparently they've got a year. So, next May, that's it. Wh- what do you mean? Oh, after that. In Colombia, yeah. Yeah, right. Well, there's some kind of grace period. It could go the other way and they just kill every fish they catch <laughs> saying that we're well, catching for food.
1: Well, yeah, but there's obviously going to be some massive ramifications.
0: It's interesting because like Rex Hunt back in the day was all catch and release, catch and release um, because obviously, you know, in the 90s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s even, there was a bit of a kill ment- mentality Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And in some, some with some species, there was an abundance of fish, and people weren't educated. But now it's kind of gone the other way a little bit, um, where we need to show that we are keeping fish for food, because that's the greatest justification you can have. Well, these
1: days, anyway, it's not all about the glory and the ego, is it, (laughs) Dave?
0: No, and genuinely, I think that is a great argument because, like, there's nothing like fresh harvested seafood that you know where it's come from. No. Um, <laughs> mind you, we had some really nice fish. <laughs> yeah, we did. Just the other night, um, you got some uh, very good contacts in the seafood industry. I, do, I f- do. Refrigeration man. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to know if anyone else listening to the podcast or, yeah, I want to know if anyone else listening to the podcast has Tried this fish because I hadn't heard of it before and I think it might be my new favorite fish.
1: Oh, yeah. So I was telling Dave about a week or two weeks ago, I had the best fish ever King Dory. I didn't even know this fish existed. No. <laughs> I knew Silver Dory and John Dory. That's it. Yep. But there's another Dory.
0: I know Dory of Finding Nemo as well.
1: Well, it's not that Dory either, Dave. Right. This okay. is a King Dory. So they live, you know, in the deep sea with the, uh, I guess, the blue grenadier and all that, the yep. hokey, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. And yeah, they're found in 200 meters of water and they are absolutely divine. Yeah. They're white, firm flesh. And when you cook it, they are moist and flaky. Yeah. It is just heaven when it hits your tongue.
0: Absolutely amazing. I and mean, I if, if I could work out a way to catch them, I definitely would be targeting those things because, yeah. Um, yeah, unreal. Now, we uh, put up a bit of a poll on our Instagram. <laughs> yes, we did. And did we get the results? Did we get the results? That's a good question. We should um, check that out. But the um, the the battle between panko breadcrumbs and a beer battering of the fish, um, both of which is absolutely delicious. And um, you gave you you went one v one last night. You battered and you pankoed. Yeah, and.
1: Which well, one? Well, the only reason I did that because I had the tiniest bit of panko left in my pantry. I'm like, oh, I'll panko some, and I'll do beer batter on the others. Yeah. Now, I love beer batter, but I also love panko. Panko takes a little bit longer to prepare because you got to flour dust it, then egg wash it, then wrap it in the panko, which can be quite messy. Beer
0: I think batter is both a bit messy. To no, be beer
1: batter is easy. You just get one bowl. One to one ratio with self raising flour and beer. True. Like one cup, one cup, done. Yeah. And a bit of salt. And you ram your fish in and put it in hot oil. Yep. Um, so we got So you're checking out the results now, are you? I
0: oh wanna dear, know. It's gone.
1: But I did screenshot it earlier. Yeah. Because it's gone past the twenty four hour mark.
0: Oh, well, I can still find that. But um I wanna it- know what you came up with as being your favorite.
1: Um Well, probably be about it to be honest it's nice crispy it's just beautiful
0: yeah right well i went the other way yeah and i went with i i think that panko takes the cake well um, i did panko wraps with the um the big yeah. dory dog in wraps it's delicious okay yeah
1: you can't it's beat. delicious anyway um, yeah. So I looked at. I've got live. I've got the latest results. So I think we had about ninety to hundred voters, um, which is quite good. People are passionate about yeah. these sort of things. Yep. So we had about a hundred voters. Yep. And do you know which way it goes?
0: I've got it here. Yeah. <laughs> so we had panko. Yeah. Sixty six percent. Yeah. And beer batter thirty four percent. Okay, so it's about sixty six people went for the panko. Wow. Yeah. Um, panko is damn delicious. It is. It really is. Um, that sweetness of the panko, I think it offsets yep. the flesh of the fish. But uh, yeah, if, if um, just an interesting thing to um, bring up, and I, I recommend everyone do a side by side side comparison themselves. Yeah, um, the two delicious ways to eat fish, I reckon. Oh yeah, and they really are. We've often joked, white,
1: white, um, firm, uh, flesh. It's just makes it so easy to eat, and you know the kids love it. Yeah, that's um, we,
0: we've often joked you could panko or deep or bad it about <laughs> anything and it would taste good but um, yeah. genuinely that that Dory was uh quite delicious yeah now Adrian did we want to go and check out um, our fishing reports for the week oh yes welcome to the hookup that's right <laughs> we are back with the hookup and after last week where we uh, requested a couple of um, on-the-ground reporters to yeah. uh, come on board. Um, well, two of them seem to have disappeared. Um, Shane and Jonah, of course, is up north. But we did get a new one come come aboard, uh, a man named Simon Webster, so really appreciate that. He's uh, down in the East Gippsland region. <laughs> so he's written me quite a long report here. Let me uh, Wait, who's this that gave you a report? Simon Webster. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, this is our East Gippsland report. Oh, wow. How, how good's that? So, Gippsland Lakes, with the colder weather and frosts, we have seen an increase in brim activity around the Mitchell, Nicholson and Tambo River mouths. Fishing natural structure is producing some larger fish in the forty-plus centimetre range with fresh prawn, mussels and local spider crab being the go-to baits. There you go. Local spider crab.
1: Yes. Now, we've discussed this, like, is it worth even eating one of those things? Does he mean soldier crab? Maybe. Those things are tiny, though, the soldier crabs. Yeah. They're brim. Oh, yeah, true. Spider crabs are huge. <laughs> yeah. They're bigger than your head. Unless he's using part of a spider crab. Remember that mega one we called in Westingwood? Yeah. That thing was, like, as big as your head. Disgusting.
0: <laughs> there has been a, notice- a noticeable improvement in the quality of water after the recent algae event. Did you know about that event? Oh, was there a green-blue algae event? Some sort of algae event. Oh, wow. We weren't invited. No. There have been schools of Taylor and small salmon from Meatongue to Lakes Entrance being caught on small skirts and blade lures whilst trolled, whiting steel being caught in the right side of Nungurna now, and you, Barrier Landing Channel.
1: Would you ever troll skirts for Taylor and salmon, Dave?
0: I love trolling skirts. You know me, Adrian. Yeah. So, 100%. There but in go. smaller numbers since the summer peak. Uh Brim being targeted with success around jetties at Painesville. Very exciting, explosing fishing at short range.
1: Doesn't Brendan Wing have a boat at Painesville?
0: Yeah, there is a there is a large Riviera sitting there. Is it it's too? a team boat, I've heard. Or tongue, me tongue. Yeah. It happens to be moored outside a pub, would you believe that? <laughs> <Just> <laughs> it's pointed. very convenient. I'm dipping that boat's probably not gonna move far from that. <laughs>
1: Well, why would you? You had accommodation right next to
0: the pub. Right next to the pub. That's right. Um, Offshore, great weather recently with lots of pinkies being caught at the Six Mile Reef, 35 to 40 metres. This is a great report. Gummies and small school sharks providing action between the Grange and Pipeline. (laughs) So, I noticed
1: you smirked a bit when you heard the
0: word the Grange. The Grange is a – we've been tipped off as to the – The qualities of the Grange before, apparently. And the pipeline. Don't forget the pipeline. Apparently, the Grange is good for Makos. West of like 17 to 21 meters seems to be the go to depth. Sword boats have turned up in force with another 170 kilo kilo fish checked into lakes over the past weekend. This crew putting in an overnight mission and many hours to achieve this. I know there was also a 200 kilo one caught. And I know there was a 90 something caught as well. So there was a few. Um, This week, uh, yep. So putting in an overnight mission and many hours to achieve this. Everard Canyon seeing some great fish caught. Um, definitely. So I think there was a 260 caught there a couple Wasn't of times. Wasn't that ago. a 360, Dave? Well, I think that might have been the estimation. And then, um, once she was on the scales, she dropped down a little bit. But yeah. should we get the scales recalibrated? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. They're probably pretty hard to, um, to call sometimes those fish. Um, now, you've put me off my game. Uh, yeah, Everard Canyon seeing some great fish caught with boats running from both Malacuta and Cape Conran. Brendan Ling and <laughs> Blue Eye also being caught. Lake Tyre's entrance remains open. You're kidding me. Oh, it's open. All the prawns are escaping with a very good quality brim being caught. The Glasshouse power line area, a current hotspot, live prawn being deadly if you can get them. Flathead's still about but things quietening down with the colder water. BEM river fishing well as usual, but larger fish are harder to find currently. Entrance remains very large after the recent flood down the river. There are several new snags in the lake and that must be avoided by boaters. I don't know about that. Snags, like sausages from Bunnings. We tend to just ram over snags. <laughs> yes. Um, the lake adjacent to Swan Lake Mouth and Mud Lake have been red hot at uh, evening bite time. In short, This is east a east large report. We're just about done. Large, but I feel... Everything was relevant. Yeah, it Just really a lot is. happening down there. Um, Inshore Deast is fishing extremely well. In the next few months, we'll see our peak season for brim and estuary perch in the Gippy Lakes and its tributaries and sword fishing offshore during weather windows. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Simon. Yeah, any tuna in that report? No, that, we won't be going there then, will we?
1: No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I d- actually did see a, a, a big bluefin on a um, sword off lakes, I think a week was or two ago. Was it a big guy or a bluefin? Uh, bluefin.
1: Okay, Nice.
0: Um, Shane's just sent me through a message, something about COVID, and uh, that's why he hasn't given us a Western report, but um, I've definitely got a few um, things written down that I've managed to conjure myself. Oh. You spent some time conjuring some uh, demons, have you? Some report demons. Um, So, I will start on the Southwest since Shane's disappeared. Yeah. Of course, the big tuner and the small tuner. Yes, lots of tuna. Still lots heaps and lots. Still of big fish coming in from Port Mac. Um, good
1: mate. Fergie, fishing with Fergie was down there slaying
0: them. He got on the school tuna down there at Portland. Um, but I know there is bigger fish there to be had. We saw Chris Cassar actually got a big a fish solo, solo battle. which is a great effort out oh of Portland. Nice. How big? Um, I never saw a white. Okay. Look like a good fish though. But the all the charters and stuff, I think they're just you know, keeping customers happy with schoolies. But I think if you dedicated some time yes. out of Portland, you'd pretty really easily... As Matt
1: Hunt says, everybody's happy.
0: Everybody, they're keeping everybody happy. Yeah. Um, if you dedicated a bit of time down there to just hunting wigfish, fish, I think you'd find them relatively easily. Yes. Um, so, yeah, there's all that happening. We've got, um, obviously, tuna spread through um, Apollo Bay also and... Oh, obviously secret some, re- Apollo Bay reports. Yes, know? of... Um, been tipped off. Oh, you've in been tipped to the Polo Bay action. Um, and I'm sure there's some bigger ones cruising through there as well.
1: So we've we got a King Kong Donkey Kong report.
0: What? Uh, I don't know what that is. The fish of the week.
1: Oh. Oh, we haven't got one. No. Oh. Sorry, I forgot that was the
0: thing well, we were doing. was ready to press that button. Oh, just press it anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah king kong donkey kong
0: <laughs> well i'm giving hey i think a- we caught fish of the week
1: <laughs> yeah, i think i'm giving that fish of week to tom standing well, well done thomas tom. you got the king kong donkey kong fish of the week yeah i forgot about us <laughs> we did something
0: good yes um yeah and as we've j- already covered there's um some good sword fishing happening but um down in tassie eaglehawk neck just having a Great swordfish season! They really are, and bluefin on the shelf too. Absolutely. Um, we Lucky Nichols has been getting quite a few swords. I think Wizzard she
1: got a uh, two hundred and something kilo sword that she tagged and released.
0: So yep, well so done to her. The um, Brody Corbett and yep. partner, uh, who yeah, they've um, they, they released a really nice one. Yeah. Um, Estimated over 200. Lucky Nichols got one out of a tinny. Did you see that? No. I don't know if it's as small as your one, so I don't know if it's as cool. But uh, I think
1: it's not Australia's favourite renegade. He is might it?
0: have stolen a bit of your thunder because that was oh. one of your plans, wasn't it?
1: Oh, to go down to Eaglehawk with it. Mm.
0: Yeah. You said swords up at Burmie, too, didn't you?
1: Yes. There's been a few swords getting weighed in at Burmie by wreck anglers.
0: Mm, funny. And I
1: did see. Um, some on the commercial boats as well. Yeah. So it seems yeah. to be a good fishery happening there off the canyons. Yes. Because you know, as marlin fishing fishermen off Burmy, we did a lot. We always say, "Ah, oh, should venture to the canyons." Yeah. <laughs> but we never do. Yeah,
0: there is some good looking ground yeah. there, so it's not surprising that it's holding a few swordfish. Um. So yeah, we talked. There's there's good bluefin down at Tassie too, and our sort of opposite, opposite of us. In uh, Devonport, there, yeah, getting their local bluefin, which is kind of a new fishery for them as well. So, what big, big ones? There's been a couple of big ones. There's also been quite a lot of smallies. I
1: reckon the that northwest coast would hold some rather large fish. Oh, absolutely,
0: because that's where the uh, some you know, rather the shelf. large weather as well. Yes, um, quite nasty weather up that way. Uh, there is Westernport Whiting going well. Your friend Ange, yeah, from the fi- from the fishmonger man. Yeah, he did well off, uh, I think, turtle's head. Yeah. You wouldn't think a fishmonger would have to go catch fish. No, but it's.
1: <laughs> he says he does it as a mental yeah, stimulation thing to yeah. clear, his, clear his head. That's right. Um, he doesn't care if he catches a cold or not. But no. Yeah, it's all about being out there in the fresh air. Yeah, so a good report from
0: him on the uh, whiting. Yeah, and he did um, see that you uh, snuck a bluefin down the ramp. What? Oh, yeah, he saw our bluefin frame. Yes, he our did. barrel frame at Lorient. Yeah, um, Dom has been on the gummies. Oh, no. He's not mucking Western this time, is he? He's no mucked up a few gummies. And, I, I um, did
1: see it was no mucking because it had a, a rather large a gold chain, chain on it. <laughs> on it. Well, I
0: thought that was quite funny, actually. Yes. Uh, and offshore gummy sharks and school sharks quite plentiful for those chasing yeah. those. They really are. And of course, squid, rounding out the reports.
1: Yeah, I was actually going to try and go for a squid um, this week, but I haven't had time. Yeah, because you know this time of year is
0: um, good on the big ones. So I want to take Sam out in the boat soon. Get yeah. him on. Four months old, he's ready. Yeah, I don't think so. young. <laughs> he's ready. Nah, well, we, we yeah, I yeah. wouldn't mind uh, catch a few squids soon. But that is the hook up. Tuna, you reckon? Get him on the tunas. That is the hook up. Yeah, uh, quite an extensive one. Good luck to anyone out this week, and if uh, anyone wants to send any more reports through, um, feel free, and we'll yeah. get them up there.
1: And don't forget, you can always like and comment on our YouTube channel as well. And if you haven't already, please subscribe. Please subscribe Yeah, because <laughs> she's been a little yeah. bit slow. Yeah, Dave's getting a bit disheartened by it all, how slow yeah. it's moving, but I think that's YouTube, isn't it?
0: Uh, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> we, we get a lot of good feedback. Doesn't just it just doesn't always translate?
1: No, and I'm blaming the the machine
0: that is YouTube. I want to bring back a uh, segment we haven't done for a while. Oh, I've been a bit happy lately. Okay, here we go. But to Peter Griffin for
1: you know what really grinds my gears. Thanks, Tom. You know what really
0: grinds my gears. I spoke (laughs) over the segment. Uh, I'm going to ask you to find another clip. I did see this clip, so don't worry. Took one this morning. Yes. Something really grinds my gears, Adrian. We're at the boat ramp. This is me padding for time. Yep.
1: We're at at the boat
0: ramp. Most unorganised button man in the world. No. We're at the boat ramp.
1: Yeah, and it is a stunning picture of your boat. Yes. Which I'm going to play the
0: video now. Whack that play button. This is what really grinds our gears. If the bin's already full... Don't just jam shit on top so it falls out, birds get into it, and it goes everywhere. That is disgusting. Shame, shame, shame. I was about to blame you <laughs> if you watched that whole video. That's uh-huh. so, something that this guy over here would do. Well, um, yeah,
1: I actually saw that at the ramp. Okay, Dave, that really grinds my gears. Like, uh-huh. who in their right mind... At the boat ramp, sees the bin full and then they place rubbish on top of the bin, around the bin. What do you think
0: is gonna happen? Oh mate, just take
1: it home and put it in your own bin. Yeah, yeah. Or leave it in your boat or a car and put it at the boat wash or you are right next to a waterway,
0: oh. a tidal waterway.
1: Yes. So that can get sucked out of the entrance very quick.
0: Oh, of course. You get crows and stuff pecking through the rubbish, a bit of breeze, and it all goes into the water. Yeah. And it's gone. Um, so that really annoys and me. I've got a second one.
1: Oh, you got a second Grinds My Gear? Do I have to play the segment again? No, you don't. Okay.
0: But uh, I was going to talk about this last week and I forgot. Yeah? Now, I had a bunch of tools. Gears. Thanks, Tom. You know what really grinds my <laughs> gears? <laughs> Sorry, Dave. Unnecessary. I had a bunch of tools and stuff in the back of my ute. They've been there oh, for ages. Oh, my and goodness. I, this is like my spare toolkit. It's actually got like heaps of stuff in there. It's also got bearings and all sorts of stuff for the boat. The the
1: bearings go on too. Oh, yeah. Bearings for the boat. The grease. The mallet. Everything.
0: Oh, my goodness. Someone Electrical stuff. Oh, shit. Yes. Now, it sits in the back of my ute under a torno cover. And look, I shouldn't leave it in there, but someone came onto my property, opened up my torno, and took it. And needless to say, that is really
1: infuriating. You know what? I don't even know. What kind of value you'd get for that? Probably next to nothing.
0: No. So And it's- I just now have to go buy that stuff again. Yeah. So-
1: I remember you were so proud when you went to King's Fall Super Supercenter and bought that- um, Yeah, I mean it's- That uh, on-road kit, tool kit. It had and, everything in it.
0: Yeah, they're grouse. Yeah. I mean, they're not the best quality, but it's just like a emergency kit. Yeah. And now if we have an emergency- Got no emergency kit. You got no spanner. So just, you know, get a job, work for stuff and buy it yourself. Don't steal my shit. <laughs> yeah. and now put up a high-tech camera and I'm going to get you. Yeah. You try it again.
1: Now I think uh, good mate Brendan it grinds my gear as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did he? We shouldn't laugh.
0: <laughs> it's actually <laughs> horrific. <laughs> Brendan's big into his cars at the moment. And yes. you know, he's been, he's just had his pride and joy engine rebuilt for one of his Taranas. Oh, dear. And- First turn of the key to fire it up and I believe it's gone back. (laughs) And I think this is like an $18,000 to $20,000 engine. Yeah. Because during shipping they've put a rag in, where'd they put it? One of the inlets. Oh, one
1: of the uh, air intakes. Somewhere like that. Just to stop dust and moisture going
0: in. Yeah, and they've hooked it all up, fired it up and it sucked the rag in. They've
1: obviously put the hose over the hole where the rag was in and it sucked it right into the block and destroyed it. I, I do
0: really feel bad
1: yeah. for that,
0: uh, for him. Um, I, I'm sure Brendan Wing sorted it out. Well, we haven't had an update, but no. yeah, quite sad times for him. Yes. So I do imagine that would grind his gears there, yes, Adrian. Um, do we want to throw to questions? Sure, we can get. to questions. Are we at that stage of the podcast? I've got yeah. no timer going. I don't even know yeah, how long we're we've at been. 49 minutes. Yeah, well, I think that's probably about the right amount of time. So Um,
1: Dave's put up a beautiful photo, which I'm going to find in a second. It's a big three meter flooded.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, I might actually read. We had one come in on uh, Facebook before I forget that it's uh, that it's on there. Yeah. Swap over and have a look at that one, and then we'll go through our Instagram ones. So Yanni Janaris sent us in a question. Hey guys. Topic for the podcast, my friend and I go out on his boat very often. Sometimes we troll, sometimes we just sit with some burly and fish. However, we can never decide what to actually go for or what's about. How do you guys decide what to go for and when to go for it, whether that be land-based or offshore? Thanks in advance.
1: Wow. Well, I think the first problem is if you're already out there deciding
0: what to go for, that's kind of... (laughs) <laughs> Prior preparation, yeah. events, piss-poor performance.
1: Yes, yeah, so you need to um, basically decide what you're going to chase yeah. off, um, I guess, anecdotes from previous years or live reports, like Absolutely. recent reports. And yeah. that's when you decide what you're going to do.
0: Yeah, it's not hard, even if you're not like clued into the fishing community. Like if I look at social media, obviously most of my friends are into fishing and I get a pretty quick snapshot of what's going on. Most of the time,
1: but, you see a photo of a fish and go, "Ah, he caught that there using this,"
0: and you go, <laughs> "Got it." Without even looking at what he's written, I've triangulated yeah. his position. I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you, you know, fishing tackle reports put out pretty, pretty um, up to date fishing reports that tell you what's biting, what's going on. Yeah. Um, enough to sort of give you an idea of what's happening at that time. Um, and as you were saying, like you, once you've you've done. Um, a bit of fishing, you'll sort of, you'll, you'll work out what times of year certain fish are abundant and where they are, uh, where you're going to be able to access them most easily. So, um, uh, yeah, I think the biggest tip is to uh, work out, do a bit of research, work out what you want to fish for. And you check the weather too.
1: Check the weather? Yeah, because you can't always catch what you want to catch if the weather's
0: no good. Yeah, check weather. And, um yeah, go out with a plan. So yeah, basically we just go fish tuna all the time. <laughs> um, if we, say we wanted to go and catch squid, yeah, we now know that this time of year is quite good for squid. Yeah, and On certain areas up the north arm of yep. Western Port is can be quite good this time of year. They can be pretty high up in the port, especially if the water's is quite clean. Yeah, for sure. So we head up there and we pretty much just target squid, and we know to target them around tide changes, especially.
1: Well, I think tide change just makes it a bit easier for you to stay in a certain area yeah. and your lures can get down to the bottom.
0: Well, generally, that's a good time anyway. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a lot of it's just time on the water and um, doing a little bit of research before you head out and, yeah, I think going out there then not knowing what you want to fish for just creates a lot of confusion and you're neither here nor there and you don't achieve anything really. Well, there are some guys that will go off the,
1: the almighty Almanac as well. The almanac, Almanac. The Almac. Yeah. Um, which we don't have any experience with at all, but there well, are some guys that swear we, by it.
0: We were looking at it for a while, but yeah. what's the point? We're going fishing anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> True. <laughs> um,
1: I suppose some people swear on it because it saves them a lot of heartache. Yeah. And some hip pocket money.
0: Well, yeah, I've heard it actually is quite accurate. It goes off the moons and... Yeah. Maoris and stuff. <laughs> Something <laughs> okay. to do with Maoris. Yeah? Okay. Haven't heard that one before. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. Well, do you want? Do we want to check out some of the other questions?
1: Yeah. So, we've got um, Nathan McDermott, can we get the food challenges back? Well, I actually did film a food challenge of... Uh, Dave's brother, Tom, eating a live oh, barrel. Oh, yeah. Have you got that? Beating heart? I can if you want to keep going on and I'll quickly find it. Yeah.
0: Um, we've done Yeah, so we've done a little bit of a food challenge. Yeah. Uh, it's been a while. Um, and basically, Adrian told Tom that you have to eat the beating heart of your first big tuna. Um, and Adrian and I have both not done that. So... <laughs> <laughs> but Tom thought... Uh, you know, it's a rite of passage and took a bit of a nibble out of this still-beating heart, which, um, you know, I think that, that in some parts of the world it is said to give you magic powers, isn't it, Adrian, or something like that? Well,
1: I think they believe you are what you eat is the saying. Um, you, you are a tuna. And heart. if you eat an almighty warrior, <laughs> you become that almighty warrior. And so I believe Tom's going
0: to become a big, fat blue <laughs> <laughs> He's a Some <laughs> might say he's already a bit of a bluefin. <laughs> Not fat, though. I wouldn't say that about you, Tom. Have you found it? Yes, I have. i say, so here we go. For you. All right, Tom's caught his first Dumby tuna,
1: so he's got to eat the heart, and it is still beating. It's a big that. heart. So go for it, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> so it's still beating, too. Look at it. <laughs> 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 yeah, he said <laughs> yeah, so Dave just has a go at him and saying, hey, that bit of, uh, yeah, it's going to come off the weight of yeah. your fish.
0: Yeah, tuna weightless. But um, good on him for doing that. He actually said it didn't even taste that bad. So, yeah, we got the uh, food challenge back. And uh, watch that space. I'm sure there'll be more. Uh, do you want me to read another question here, Adrian? Yeah, go for it. We're in different sequences again, but... Oh, okay. We've just had one in from Memphis Horrende Fishing. Oh, what's he saying? If you could target one species for the rest of your lives, what would it be? Plus, you have to live off it for eating. King dories. Oh, giraffe.
1: Giraffe. Oh, we're talking about fish species. Why not? He didn't <laughs> specify. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, They'd have talking, nice neck meat. We're talking about fish. Oh. Um... Neck (laughs) mates, (laughs) giraffes. You can do a neck filler. Yeah. Uh, Talking about species, I absolutely love snapper. Love catching them. Love eating them. True. So probably snapper, Memphis, and because it's in our locality. Yeah, snapper. I'd say swordfish because I love catching them and eating them, but I'd probably starve. Yeah, swordfish are great, Um, except for. Driving four and a half hours each way, towing, and then three hours out to sea each way. Yeah, it doesn't make it
0: enjoyable. Um, I like only wanting to catch it side. Obviously, I love bluefin. Yeah, I do love eating it. Yeah. I do feel I'd get over it after a little while. Okay. Um, snapper mm-hmm. is definitely a nice white flesh that is. You can sort of it. You can use it a lot of different ways. It's Quite good like that. What, um, about, what about King Dory? Well, that's what I said. Yeah. King Dory. But how would you catch it? You don't know where to begin. I don't know, but I'd work it out because they're pretty bloody tasty. I suppose it's caught on long lines, wouldn't it? Wow. Well, apparently they sort of live in the areas we fish. Yeah. We'll have to work that out. Okay. Um, next one. Yep. Someone said, talk barrels. Where, what, when, how, why. Can't get enough. We do talk about them a lot, though. <laughs> I feel like we've covered barrels. Um, yeah, maybe check out our channel. where We'll put up, obviously, the footage of the fish from the other day, so that'll help you get your barrel fix, I reckon. Yeah, exactly. Rightio, Adrian, your turn. Okay, we're still out of sync, but I'm just going to go
1: next on my list. Uh, team Born to Fish, underscore, tb2f.com.au. He's saying, who gaffs a tuna better? At Stave Danning or at Adrian Luther?
0: Mm.
1: Well, I think he's referring to because Dave complained that I gaffed his boat the other day, um, pulling that fish in, and then I said, Well, Dave ripped half my paint off gaffing <laughs> my fish on my boat.
0: Yeah. Well Yeah. I don't know. We both yeah. seem to be
1: pretty good at it. Yeah. No, I think he's saying how bad we are at it by like gaffing gel coat and paint and Nah we're we're not
0: we're not bad at it. We okay. seem to Land reasonable amount. Yeah. Jeez, um, that was at the other end of the list, to what? <laughs> yeah. So they obviously. Yeah. Is Joey's CRV manual? Yeah, it actually is. Is it? <laughs> That's a funny question. Is it manual? Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Oh, he's what? Honda. Do you want to buy it? The bank is empty. Oh well, Joey, you may have a buyer. He's keeping it for his four-wheel driving adventures. <laughs> 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 he said. Joey's going to yeah. do a four-wheel drive channel. So, keep an eye out for that. Adventures of the CRV.
1: I had no idea it was manual. Yeah. Absolute rocket it is too. Not a lot of people own manual cars these days. I mean, I own one, you own
0: one, Joey mm.
1: owns one. That's about all I know who owns one.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. That's all i got to say that. Uh, next one I've got here is, got any tips on newborns, Dave? Well, yeah, mine's sort of coming out of the newborn stage, I guess. He's four and a half months now, the cute little bugger. He's thriving. What kind of tips are we talking about? Like hair tips or? Um, my tips are come to terms with the fact that you're never going to get a full night's sleep again. Yes. Um, Look, my, my daughter's almost four years old and I'm still not getting sleep. So Just do as much as you can to help your wife because they've got a much harder job than we do. Um and don't go fishing as much as I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, nah, but um, yeah, they're, they're the best. That's all I can say. They're the best. Sam got a couple of awards today from his swimming class because he's flapping around like a lunatic in the water. And oh, yeah. The dipping f- his head under. Lunatic so flapping award. So he's got himself some, some nice awards there. So, yes, congrats. Good tips, Dave. Mm, you want to?
1: Yeah, so we got another one from uh, Finding Joe offshore. When's the best time to target barrels outside of Flinders? Well, I'm not sure if there is a best time. No, I think you just got to spend time on water and just keep going, even though it's pretty hard to keep going. You know,
0: all the time when you're not seeing a lot or catching a lot, It, it it does get very disheartening. But you know, if you just persist, eventually you get a you get a fish, and we've proven that. But I was saying a Suraj today, yeah, of King Kong, Donkey Kong fame, <laughs> yeah. That um, did you just hit that button? What button? <laughs> I thought you were uh, going to hit no. <laughs> <laughs> that. That uh, I would rather troll around out there for a one in fifty chance of a barrel than be in shore fishing for many other things. It's just the way I am. Um, it's that. It's a massive challenge, and that's what makes it so worthwhile to me. So just have to really commit and, I think, go out there a lot and sort of the more you go, the more you learn. I've sort of mapped out a fair bit of mm. likely-looking areas now yep. over the last few years and I feel like I'm probably a higher chance of hooking one than, than I, I used to be. Yeah, I
1: think if you're in the game, going out there as freaking as we do, um, you're definitely going to be more of a chance of catching one.
0: And you've just got to commit because... Um, if you get disheartened and stop and start fishing for gummies or whatever, then yeah. you're definitely not going to hook on.
1: <laughs> by all
0: means, there is beginner's luck out there as well. Oh, absolutely. You do see it a lot. Yeah, um, for sure. You can just wait. You can just wait till there's reports, by the way. <laughs> yeah. But the problem is because it's so close to everyone, a million boats go out and there's just not the numbers yeah. of fish to support that. So you might have, if, if it gets busy out there, you might have 50 boats and one fish caught. Yeah. The odds are not in your favour. Um, but, so, yeah,
1: sometimes you can go out there with fresh eyes and, you, know, you might you might get one stuck.
0: So, yeah, absolutely. It, it has happened. Yeah. It can happen and it will happen again. Um, I'll go uh, another question. Yeah. What's Dave's fa- fi- favourite trout fly? Oh. Well, obviously. I'm a purist, so I only fish a dry fly. Um, <laughs> usually like a, a nymph. Yeah. Um, <laughs> A nah. nymphomaniac. <laughs> never, never. obviously, trout fished
1: with a fly rod in my life. Um Isn't nymph flies like for beginners? It's just a fly name that I knew, so oh. I went with it. Well, there's mayflies, there's march flies, there's house flies, there's super flies.
0: Super fly <laughs> for a white guy. Uh Yeah. So, not much trout on fly experience on my end. Okay. And... um. Tipping that was was, well, a, it was, <laughs> was a tongue-in-cheek question. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> you want to hit us with another one there, Adrian? Yeah. How did I miss that? I went straight past. That I'm so confused. We are like yeah. just randomly picking ones now.
1: Anyway, we got one from a <laughs> questionnaire, Luke McCredden. Oh, good. Yes. Love the show. I'm heading to Safeways tomorrow and I'm torn on condiments. Like, what should I get? Hey, what are your favorite condiments? Thanks, guys. Keep up the great work. Oh, hot sauce. Now, always. Now, my wife always gets quite frustrated and angry. She opens the fridge door. There's always new condiments. <laughs> she looks in the pan. She goes, what are all these sauces? Oh, I don't know. I just bought it. It looked good. I'm going to try it soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, is this a common problem males have at home. Yeah, or I'll go
0: fishing and buy a new bottle just for that, yeah. and then it goes home, and there's like four sitting in there that are yeah. two thirds full. Well,
1: I love buying like hot sauce and yeah, we like spicy. Yeah, so it. there's there's like ten or twelve different bottles of hot sauce. Then you got like different soy sauces, one for you know um, sushi, one for dumplings. There's like millions of different soy sauces as well. Mm. So I,
0: I quite like a. Um, What's that local one? Grumpies. Oh,
1: grumpies. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. We get that good. from some of the markets around here. That's quite good, Luke. Um, and um, <laughs> and and also mayonnaise. Mayonnaise is good. Yeah, mayonnaise good, is good.
1: Good condiment. Yeah. Be- best foods, I reckon, Luke. Yeah, yeah. You don't know your mayonnaise? Go best food. Okay. Is that the one in the jar? Oh, it's like? kind
0: of like a tub thing. Yeah, yeah, it's good. The real whole egg one. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm glad that we covered that. I was worried. We um, talk about condiments. Kim, fishing dude, he's saying nice, Gernard. Dave, love it. We know Dave doesn't like bait board stacking whiting, but what about flatty dogs? Uh, for sure. Um, big fan. I actually love eating flatty, Probably secondary only to king Dory's. Mm. Um, and I do think if you stack them on a bait board because they're quite flat, as the name would suggest, you could <laughs> get a nice stack going. A nice flat board. Yes. Stack. Just really tessellate them, and you could probably go. Probably go. Oh, you want to go like a thatch? You probably go like an and build it like a on thatch. Oh wow, (laughs) thatch stack. You could probably get up to like an octo stack.
1: What are they? Twenty per person.
0: Flatties. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, something like that. Quite a lot. So yeah, big on the uh, flatty stacking. I think it could could work quite well. Not visually appealing, but I think if you got creative,
1: where did we we catch that flatty? I remember taking that
0: uh, Marloway grounds. Oh yeah, off Coronella. Not a mother as you can see. Mm. Braid to top shot connection for game fishing. FG or is a splice necessary? Um, I reckon you want a PR pr bobbin. PRs are a very nice connection. Splices is a very nice connection. Yeah. So you can actually
1: buy braid called hollow core and mm. then you can splice your top shot straight into it.
0: I believe that is a 100% connection. Yeah. I think all these knots are though. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Mine are just FG'd. Yeah. Because it's easy to do at home. I've got solid braid on my reels. Guys at the tackle shop will PR. I need to get a bobbin because I really do like a PR connection. Mm. It's smooth. Yeah, it looks really strong. Yeah. Um, But I have quite long top shot on my tuna reels because I'd rather the fish not get that top shot off. So I've got like 300 metres. Oh, okay. And then underneath it's all braid. Yeah. So when they get the braid off the reel, that's a good run. I think Tom's one the other day did. Yeah, it was on the braid. Um, but you know the idea there is you don't have braid off reel for very long, so the knots not seesawing on and off, no. very much. So minor FJ had never had an issue with that, but any of those connections are really nice connections in my opinion. Another one here. Will Joe ever answer a question with a simple yes/no answer, or is it the real estate agent in him that's got to sell everything? Oh. I, I think he's just he, a bit he flamboyant. He's a bit of a
1: politician, not answering questions straight, just uh, weaving and dodging around it with a irrelevant answer.
0: He's just flamboyant, isn't he? He just <laughs> yeah. likes to really get into the get into the question. Well,
1: well, when he comes in studio, he's he's normally sitting there and he's wearing his um, suit
0: and he's got his hair spiked up with wax in it and he's looking quite sharp. Yes, Jonah just told us that he got a bull shark and whacked the cobia. Oh. Scientifically speaking, so he whacked him with a shark's jaws. Live, live report there. Now that's quite a lot of questions. There is more. Oh wow, there's more. Um, I feel like we've covered quite a lot, and some of these I think we have covered in the past as well. Talk barrels, where, what, when, how, why? Can't get enough. Um, we already I already read that yeah, one out earlier. Okay. You weren't listening. We'll finish it off with one more from our reporter man Simon. Yeah, from East Gippsland. And that'll probably do us for the questions. Hi, boys. My question for tonight is when trolling for Bluefin, do you start off trolling a spread of lures slash skirts of various sizes and styles until you get a hit, then switch everything over to be similar to the lure that got the bite or stick to multi-style slash color spread? Regardless, Um, I feel that once we establish a pattern, we do change the other lures over to suit. Like some days I'll only be on the diving lures and sometimes I'll only be hitting skirts or spreader bars? Yeah. So they're only eating hitting diving lures we tend to swi- switch them all over to those. Well, I think
1: um when you go um, fishing for school tuna, mm. you get to play around with a variety of lures to see what works and yeah. in you know how the fish are feeding
0: and you get to try different things. That's right. Um, because you get multi shots of that. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, they're very visual, you know they're there. So if they're not he- eating, you know that you can you need to keep changing until yeah. they do. Like today,
1: um, I'm like, we're not going to catch them trolling. No, but you know <laughs> you what they probably would them. have
0: yeah. eaten today if we brought it with us? Spread-a-bar. spread bar a spread Yeah, because they're on small. small yeah, yeah, with a small bait behind it, fl- flittering all across the top. Probably would have brought them undone, but yeah. we only really brought the, the barrel lures, so we were just casting at them. Excuse me. Now, that is a lot of questions. Thanks so much, everyone who wrote in. Really appreciate well, everyone getting hat. on board. We're going to
1: give a hat away, Dave? Oh, some, are we? We've got some V12 hats to give away.
0: Well, you need to send out the hat from last week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we will send last week's hat out. I think that was to Joel, wasn't it? Yeah. Don't worry, it's on the
1: way. Anyway, I've got a live picture come through from Jonah. There he is, smacking the cobies. Um, they look like remoras, but anyway. Certainly looks to be working there. <laughs> He's even put a camera on his jigging or bait rod. Yeah.
0: That is the scientific part, isn't it? What happens when a shark bites his camera off?
1: Well, I think they've got it on wire, don't they? On the hook? I don't know. Hard to see. Anyway, who do you think asked the best question then?
0: We can't give it to Luke because I got one last week.
1: Yeah. Did he he get his hat? Nah. Okay.
0: We've got hats to give out. Yeah. Uh, We've got to catch up on the hats. Um, I don't know. Uh, Hang on a second. Yeah. what about the first one about uh, how do we decide what to fish for?
1: Oh, yeah. That one was pretty cool. Yeah. Let's go with that one. Yeah. You won yourself a V12 Mercury hat.
0: The hat is a V12. One of these bad boys. As shown by Adrian. there. Brilliant modeling. Thanks. Ripper. All right. Well, yep. Thank you very much for sending questions, guys. Um, love that we can do that every week. Uh, look forward to next week. Yeah, no, thanks, guys. Cheers. Legends, thanks for listening to Win Against Tide again. That's it for another episode. Please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You'd be doing us a massive favor. Thanks, guys. Real professional, Adrian.